This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, the fabulous podcast. Once every two weeks, gets posted for your audio ear, ear, ear holes. A lot of hot audio cream. My name's Eric Donaldson. I am your host of this fine program, and with me, as always, is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater d of Matt drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, Ryan Murphy. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. I, I think I recognize all of those names this time. I don't think I there was anything new thrown in. We're trying not to add anything else. <laughs> your intro is already very long, and I don't want people to shut the podcast off before I finish rattling them all off. Do you have that on notes, or do you have that just down at this point? Uh, I still have it noted for the moment. I don't have it memorized. I think I had the first three down, but like the Tampa Bay Topsider is kind of a new one because of your odd fascination with the city of Tampa Bay. It's one of my favorites. Do you have any other weird geographic interests beyond Tampa Bay? Like, do you have like a weird (laughs) hatred of Cincinnati or something like that? I got uh, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure I could think of one. I I really like if I would give it some thought. uh, Okay. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll make some notes. Well, as we go through these different events, you know they'll take a place take place all over the real world. So that'll that'll yeah. jog your memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. These types of things come up, uh, but welcome every every episode of Hard Marks a big one, and this is no exception. We're we're taking it back to ECW, the land of extreme. Uh, so looking forward to that, and we'll we'll of course jump into some of those topics in just a, a little bit. But, um, you know, how, how are things, Ryan? I know we're still obviously quarantined. Just as a quick disclaimer for everybody, you may hear some background noise on Ryan's end, which I know is completely uh, just shocking. Why would you ever expect to hear that? You may also see, hear some lawn mowing um, in my background. Uh, the neighbors, despite my complaints, are doing their lawn maintenance on a Friday evening. Have uh, you so I just apologize. The electric mower on them. Have I, no, I? I guarantee you that the electric mower would run quieter. Right, that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. When I'm, I don't want to like be touting that actively to them. My hope is that they will just like notice the Prius-like quality that my my mower has, and then kind of just take it upon themselves to adopt it. You don't have like one of those lawns that kind of merges into their lawn a little bit, so maybe you could like mow a little bit of their lawn with your... No. Hedonism 4 is totally fenced off. Like, I I have no shared lawn. Actually, I take that back. I do have a... a, I have a shared weird area behind my garage um, that's just sort of open between my garage and my other neighbor's garage. Mm. Um, That's that's about it. And there's not a whole lot of mowing that goes on there. That's, That's... You know, not to get off topic here, but that's always a thing. I when when I mowed, and you know, I'm a passionate lawnmower. Um, there was there's this, and it's been this way like since I was a kid. There's always this like divide between like your property and the next one over, and you don't know when to stop, right? Like you don't know how they want their lawn cut, and like, but I always wanted to make sure my lawn was nice and freshly cut. So I, I yeah. usually went a little bit over, probably you know, pushed the boundaries a little bit. Um, <laughs> Did they ever say anything to you? 
No, they had a way better lawn than I did. They had a I, these guys were on top of their their lawnmower. I think they respected a nice fresh cut lawn, so they didn't complain. Um, a nice fresh so, cut lawn. Yeah. Buddy. There's that soundbite again. Um, so, well, the, for the record, this is not off topic because everyone knows that this is the preeminent pro wrestling and long maintenance podcast. Uh, based out of Seattle in the entire world. So, you know, this is very on brand for us, for the record. Um, did you have much of a relationship? I know that, you know, your your home has been sold for, for a little while, but did you have any sort of relationship with your neighbors at all? Or was it just sort of a, if you're both walking out to your cars at the same time, you'd wave? Um, it's a good, she would always like text me and ask me if she could use my truck for like stuff. Did you tell her that that's served for your podcast <laughs> partner and no one else? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moving uh, uh, ellipticals and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I know I was always friendly and I was like, sure. But, I, you know, I, I'm not a great texter. I don't get back real soon all the time. Um, so she's like, no, I already found someone else to do it. And, and so like so anyway, um, our we did a block party on the 4th of July. And so we got to meet a lot of our neighbors there, which is pretty fun but we spent a lot of time on the roof my house i think uh, we've, we've delved a little bit into your uh, into the roof thing yeah of, of hanging out on roofs which is very odd to me i refuse to go up on mine so you have kind of a steep roof <laughs> you have a steep roof yeah, I, yeah we have- the idea of drinking up there is uh not appealing I wouldn't drink on. Well, I mean, I get if like you insisted, I might, I might drink on your roof, but uh, I wouldn't just like that. Wouldn't be a thing. I would just go explore uh, on our roof. It was, it was a lot easier, but um, yeah. So, so. the death match episode broadcasting live. He does some four on the roof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're up to episode fourteen. As we've talked about, Ryan, we are on the path to thirty. The death match episode, episode thirty. We're we're almost halfway there. How Not to twist. You- no, no. <laughs> I feel like need... how have you pushed it this far back? That's you can go back and listen to the previous episodes because we're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can find our podcast anywhere on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, there, it's on all major platforms. So look for us anywhere. Uh, so li- listen to those old episodes. I have been uh, very clear. Episode thirty. But what were you going to say, Ryan? Nothing. I was going to ask you why you pushed it back to episode thirty. <laughs> Why didn't you? I mean, it's been episode 30 the whole time because we need to build to 30. We can't. And, and you've already asked me this question. And I've already answered it pretty well, because if we just throw deathmatch wrestling at you right now, you're not going to appreciate it. Then it, it dilutes everything. So we have to make sure that we kind of build properly and we're getting. So you're uh, saying it's absolutely worth it, right? Like a deathmatch is a thing that people need to see and need to. I need to hear about this deathmatch. Like, I, I know a little bit about it, but I am. Like I, mean, I, I might, I might take work off that day to like just do a little bit of research for the podcast and get ready. Like you know, I highly doubt that. But you're you're <laughs> welcome to say that out loud uh, yeah. if you'd like. But no, that's going to be a big a big thing. We need we need goals. We need stretch goals. Okay. Uh, who knows? Maybe that'll even be the episode where we have our associate uh, Tony uh, take a, a crack at you with the kendo oh, stick. You oh, never know. Right. That's right. Yeah. I. I did get a message from him just the other day. He has not forgotten, and he's very, he's very not. looking. <laughs> he said yes, and then he checked in. <laughs> he checked in. He's like, "When when are we doing this?" It's like, "Listen, uh, once we let's move to phase two of this thing, then then we'll be in conversation." I also told him, 
Um, you've been in my garage. You've you know that I have a uh, punching bag. Yes. Uh, I promised Tony that I would give him a couple of practice swings on the punching bag just so he can get his form right before striking you. You know what? I will. I will never back down from this. When this happens, I'm here. I'm ready to go, and I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll. I'll be ready after his practice swings. I accept this is going to happen now. Uh, I appreciate I'm... your gumption and your moxie. This. <laughs> I, I'm very much looking forward to this. So tentatively, I'm considering rolling that up into our episode 30 deathmatch extravaganza. So we will, we'll that, see how that, that plays out. Sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but it's not episode 30 today, this episode that you're listening to with our smooth melodious tones, filling up your ears with hot audio cream. This is episode 14. And uh, before we get into our match today, I have uh, a couple things that I thought might be interesting to talk about, but where I was going with the whole death match thing before you uh, kind of upended it, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you an option mm-hmm. of what we're building to. So you, I didn't expect you to gravitate towards the death match thing as strongly as you did. It was, it surprised me how fascinated you were with that topic. So I wanted to kind of give you an option a and an option B for what we're building to for episode 30. How's that sound? That sounds that sounds great. Okay, so yeah. option A is deathmatch. We've talked about deathmatch wrestling, what it can entail. That it's you know sometimes very gruesome, that sort of thing. Uh, but let's talk about what option B is. Option B is a different uh, sort of type of wrestling, I guess you could call it uh, apartment wrestling. Apartment wrestling is that what you said? Apartment wrestling. Uh huh. Okay. So apartment wrestling is um, generally filmed in, in an apartment, in a big empty room of some kind. Uh, they'll have a ring set up. Oh, go ahead. you have a question? Like, what are, like is this some, you know, sort of high-rise, high high-level, high like, or is this, like, a, your standard, like, 1,200-foot apartment, like? Um, <laughs> maybe somewhere in the middle. Okay. Maybe, maybe something just a, a notch above your standard uh, apartment, but not quite a high-rise type of situation. I That might be interesting to see. But uh, to be fair, just to, for full disclosure, I am aware of the existence of apartment wrestling. I've never actually seen uh, an entire match of apartment wrestling, but I do know that they exist. Uh, generally what it is, so they'll film it, like I said, in an apartment, not in a official ring necessarily sometimes it is Uh, a lot of times they'll just like have ropes set up and and maybe a mat and it's usually involving uh two two women uh scantily clad just wrestling and grunting a lot and a lot of uh, crotch camera shots and stuff like that that's the match yeah Mm -hmm. usually men will pay uh money (laughs) there we go yeah there it is. <laughs> and customize what they want included yeah. <laughs> in these matches. And so another thing around this, I, I know that it happens with women. I'm pretty sure that this also happens with men. Do women pay for this or? Well, I die. Who, who <laughs> high bidder type of situation, but whoever wants to see them grappling in their underwear. Okay. And, okay. and you can say, hey, I want to make sure that you're doing this type of move or I want to see this type of um, you know, type of thing happening in the match. Like they're not usually naked doing it. Uh, they're just usually, you know, wearing typical wrestling gear. But it's more I mean, intimate. I mean, like, like honestly, like on like both sides of it. That, like, I mean, yeah, I think that should be like maybe like its own thing. But like, just that you liked both sides of it. 
Well, I'm just no. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying like like men or women doing that sort of fight. like that is not a death match to me. A death match. I want to see some violent shit. Like I'm not saying it's a death match. I'm just saying. There's a death match or an apartment match, you know, whichever one you want to work towards. I'm happy to accommodate. I just want okay. to let you know there's multiple options. With this, no, I mean that is that is not a death match, Eric. That's an apart. That's a completely it's separate a thing. Death match, different type of match. If you would prefer to watch an apartment match for episode thirty, no, I can facilitate no. it. And I can throw in any kinks that you want to. <laughs> I mean, that great information. Knowing that exists, that's not what I want to watch on episode thirty. I want a real death match, like a real authentic violent death match. I paid enough. I could get girls to tickle each other's feet. <laughs> you can customize the match and we can watch it. So, I'm just, so, yeah, thank you for bringing that. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Retta's out of the room. She doesn't have to know about it. I'm just right. telling you this is an option. This is this exists. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, and that's fine. I, you know, maybe like episode 31. <laughs> I don't know. That's, okay. I mean, episode. Was this a serious question? I'm just telling you that it's it's available. You didn't. You don't know if this existed. Maybe you'd be very intrigued by it. I'm just I telling think, you. I think, but you're asking me like you built up this whole death match saying that, that like the fans really want it. This is something that we have to build up to, and then you're like, or we can do an apartment match on episode thirty. You didn't say like, okay, there's another type of wrestling that we could do later down the line. No, come on, let's let's separate these. Okay, <laughs> we need a I real death match. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll separate. We'll separate them. And, and I, also, like, if it was like an apartment match and like it was like crazy, like they're they're like breaking shit in the apartment on each other's backs, like that would be that would be one thing, right? Like it's just a crate that would. But you know, come on, it's just a lot of submission holds. <laughs> so, <It's> just... <laughs> okay, all right, good. That's I'm glad. Exactly what it is? Pretty. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's just choking. And and hurting their legs and putting <laughs> themselves up in each other's yeah. bodies, and I, that's I, it. It's not. It's not that I'm opposed to watching it. Just like, just don't give me option A, option B here. Just you separate those, right? Like, I thought maybe you might be super excited by the possibility, but clearly you're not. That's totally fine. We will continue on the march to the episode thirty death match spectacular. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Deal. Done. But uh, now you know apartment wrestling's a thing. Circle back around to that topic in the future. You never, you never can tell. I think um, it should be brought up, but you know, let's, yeah. let's move on to episode thirty. Let's let's this, stop this, toward what we're yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's important that you be familiar. Like a year from now, Ryan, you'll be able to educate uh, everybody else about these things. So I'll have done my job, and then you will be able to kind of carry on as my apprentice, my apostle, if you will. Who will I bring in? I don't know anyone you want. You'll have that power. You'll have that knowledge to be able to kind of convince them like, hey, there's this really cool underground uh, sport that's kind of not a sport either. It's called pro wrestling. Here, c- come with me. I'll tell you all about it. And you can, you know, let them know about apartment wrestling. And Eric, you make such a fair point right here that I just like. <laughs> Uh, one other thing I'll mention, I just kind of have a, a couple topics that I thought might be of interest, um, you know, and we can use one of these as our Red Corner, if, if we're so inclined. Um, but one other thing, kind of not on the on the wrestling uh, tick, but I, I just want to kind of give people some flavor about who Ryan Murphy is, and I'm admittedly a little bit curious about this topic. Um, do you believe in ghosts? No. All right. Well, there, we, there we go. Any any any, any reason that you don't uh, 
believe in ghosts? I don't know that I I don't know where I stand on the issue, so I'm I'm not good to ask think, this question. I think like as like a as like a kid, there was always some things that were like you know that's a little weird, and like maybe I was inclined to believe that might be ghost like. But okay. as an adult, like especially like Greta really liked. Uh, I think it was like, a Ghost Adventures. That. Stupid Ghost Hunters, the show oh, about the Ghost, guys. Ghost Hunters, yeah, I hated that show so much, and and I think uh, South Park did a good episode on it, you know, where they, <laughs> they yeah. got to mock the ghost. Yeah, so I mean, I I've never been into ghosts. I've never like I don't. But it's not that there's not creepy shit out there. It's just that I don't like ghosts specifically. Don't like do it for me. It's not a thing I'm really into. Yeah, <laughs> ghosts don't do it for me. But to yeah. be clear, you do not believe in the existence of ghosts. Ghosts? No, I no no. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? I I believe in like the existence of like weird shit, like <laughs> like I I can do like I think there's stuff out there that's like chupacabra. Yeah, like but like ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. What what what's what's the thing that you do believe in then? If the, that's what I would quantify as weird. Shit. I think there's just super weird shit out there that like it's <laughs> like very difficult to explain, and like there's these phenomenons that like you can't like really pin to anything. And I just think ghosts is like a way for people to explain that shit. I think it's so stupid. Like, like I I don't want to like you know hate on anybody. I just think like they there's these things we don't understand, and like then we peg them as ghosts. <laughs> So it's not necessarily that you that there's other things that you believe that are similar to ghosts, uh, like chupacabras or the Jersey Devil or stuff like that. You just think, oh, weird shit happens, and some t- and people are very quick to say ghost to the to yeah. that weird shit. Okay, that's yeah, yeah, and like I think ghosts. You got kind of my hopes up. Yeah, I I just I don't know. It's not my. Th- I you, think they're just yeah. I think it's a lame excuse for like real shit that could be going on. Uh, that we should look into more, maybe. Like, yeah, I think ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> what an answer. what an answer! What a detailed answer. Yeah. Uh, what about aliens? Where do you fall in the whole aliens thing? Is that is that a crock of shit, or are you on board? Aliens, like like life outside this planet. Aliens. I think it's a given that there's aliens out there somewhere. But have aliens ventured to Earth? Mm. Have Have they been here? That's a. That's... <laughs> It's a tough question. I don't. This is like, the I don't... existential episode of the Hard Mark podcast. A lot of introspective thought. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe. Uh. Like I could. Like possibly. I. I don't know. Or I don't have like a concrete answer for that. I think like yeah. Oh, like there, there. There. There could have been some contact for sure. But I don't know what that looks like. I'm not like smart enough to like figure out like. What sort of like because oh you have all these like you know radio waves going on it's not like everything exists right like how do we like determine what you know like I I, I don't I don't know but yes I think it's certainly possible that they've made contact with Earth I think there's definitely alien life out there <laughs> these are some I'm just gonna throw this out here right now for as much as you bagged on the Ultimate Warrior for for being a pussy last episode these are yeah. some very pussy ass answers that I'm getting right. <laughs> Now, you're I, not committing either I way. Think, I think I'm being completely fair. Yeah. Okay. You want? Okay. I think yes. We've probably been in contact with some sort of alien life. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I have a hard time. I have a hard time imagining that we're like the most intelligent. Like, and we're. I mean, and we're already like making contact with other planets. Yeah. Of course, there's been like some sort of contact. 
I mean, That's come on, come on. There has to have been. There has to have been some sort of alien contact. What do you What do you think? If you had to guess, obviously you're very uncomfortable committing to any sort of opinion about this topic. <laughs> but if you had to guess, are you saying by contact? You're saying maybe just a quick flyby? Are you saying like those motherfuckers built the pyramids? Like where Where are you landing on this? Yeah, I'm more like kind of like the UFO type of uh, come close to like where we're at, but maybe I, I don't think like they built the fucking pyramids. Like I think that was <laughs> highly fucking well thought out engineering that built the pyramids. That's that's a bold stance. That's a very that's a very bold stance. So you heard it, it here for Hardmark <laughs> Podcast episode 14. <laughs> Aliens did not build the pyramids. Fuck off. And it's weird because, like, I don't even know if it's, like, UFOs. Like, I don't know. Like, I think there might have been some other co- – maybe they're, like, observing us right now. Like, who – you know, they're like, holy, you know, holy shit, there's this other, like – I don't know. But there's something – yeah, like, there's been some sort of, like, either, like, observance or, like, flyby or whatever, you know. You, you Wasn't there just, like, a UFO thing? Like a, like, a news story or something that, like, the government yeah. released? Yeah. And nobody cared. No, no, like it got. No one very cared. That's the thing. It was such like little amount of news around it. That's shocking. Like, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Well, we'll eventually we'll build to like whether or not you're a flat earther, but we'll leave that for for episode I fifteen am. or <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Big time flat earther yeah, yeah. over here. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get right into the match that we're going to be watching now that we've kind of gone through the foreplay of discussing apartment wrestling and aliens. So, so our our match today, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be taking place in ECW. Do you remember anything about what I told you regarding ECW from our Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow episode? Um, I remember all of it for sure. Okay, but can you name one of the things from it specifically? ECW. I, mean, I think our audience would like prefer like a, a recall from like an expert. Okay, noted. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, let's do that. So ECW <laughs> was the third major pro wrestling company in the United States throughout the '90s. So you had WWF, you had WCW, and you had ECW. Now ECW was a pretty distant third, operated on a much, much, much smaller level than the other two, uh, but they were kind of like the more independent, more I mean, ECW stood for Extreme Championship Wrestling. Everything had to be extreme in the 90s, and so they sort of embodied uh, pushing pushing the envelope a little bit further in the world of professional wrestling. So, like, an ECW match did not have disqualifications. It did not have countouts. Frequently, people would just run into the ring and start fights with, not like people from the crowd, but other wrestlers would (laughs) run into the ring and like the match would all of a sudden, hey, this was a one-on-one match, but now it's a tag team match. Why? Fuck it. I don't know. It just is now. Um, But yeah, so that was ACW in a nutshell based out of Philadelphia. Of course. Yeah. Where else would it be based out of? So the last ECW match that we saw was from March of 1998 uh, young ryan murphy was not 30 years old at this point he was nay just a little i guess he would have been like seven going on eight at that point probably seven going on eight yeah there we go look at this look at the big math skills on this guy but the last ecw match that we saw was bam bam bigelow versus taz that match was fairly famous Taz threw Bam Bam literally into the stands, like into a, the people behind the barricade from a, a ramp leading to the ring, which was yeah, fucking yeah. ridiculous. Taz like bashed the back of his head on the barricade. And, and then the match finished 
when Taz had his Taz mission. He was up on Bigelow's back. Bigelow fell through the ring on top of Taz. Uh, Bigelow emerged, pulled Taz out, pinned him, and won the ECW television title. That that all rings the bell to you, yes, Ryan? No, like I said, a, a solid match. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I did. Um, I believe it was up there on my my ranking. So yeah, it's uh, in fact. Why don't I? Let's see, number three. Yeah. Out of three. yeah. So yeah, top three matches of all time. The last yeah. ECW match. So we'll uh, we'll see how this goes. But uh, this this match also features Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember you not being super high on Bam Bam the last time. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe you described him as just being a big fat guy. Uh, yeah, he, the oh, he's got the yeah, he's got the tattoo on his head. He's got the flames tattooed on his yep. head. He's got the yep. flames all over his gear. Uh, he's about six six, three hundred and sixty pounds. He's a bad fucking dude. Bad dude. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I I don't I I wouldn't want to be in the ring with. What if we What if we arrange for Bam Bam Bigelow to hit you with a kendo stick? Would you be open to that? Um. Yeah, like for the viewers, of course. Yeah. You know, like. Bring him back to life and then fly him here. So that last match that we saw, that was in March of 98. Um, again, we established Ryan Murphy, just a little seven years old at that time. He was busy soul skate, pooping his pants from eating too much cheese pizza. We know about these things. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, just looking out for you. So this match that we're, that we're watching here today took place just one month later. So Bam Bam is the reigning, defending ECW television champion, which was like their secondary title. Uh, it's their version of like the intercontinental title, like we saw uh, last episode with Hulk versus Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Bam Bam was defending the ECW television title against a man by the name of Rob Van Dam. So we, we referenced Rob Van Dam last episode. Uh, just briefly hyping this episode. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Rob Van Dam. So he, our, Rob Van Dam was also known as RVD. You'll never guess how they came up with that nickname. It's a pretty hidden secret in the world of wrestling. He's also known as Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Pay-Per-View, and the whole fucking show. How's that grab you so far? Uh, I th- I, he has a good set of nicknames, you know, like myself. <laughs> So RVD, in my opinion, and obviously, you know, I'm the one saying it. This is my show. I am the host. Uh, But in my opinion, I think Rob Van Dam is one of the top five best athletes in the history of pro wrestling, Um, which we'll we'll get into in just a little bit. So as far as the name Rob Van Dam, obviously, it's not his Christian name, his given name. Uh, So he got his ring name from his martial arts background and his resemblance to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Are you looking up Rob Van Dam right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it just spelled R, R Rob and then Van and then D A M. The first thing that came up was uh, Rob Van Dam AEW. That's the. I mean, yeah, you need to worry about that. Just Rob Van Dam. No, I understand, but that's the first thing that popped up on Google was like AEW as well. Um, stunning, stunning looking guy. Like, uh... <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, there's some photos of him here that just like, holy shit, like, you know, like, like what you were saying, like the most physically like fit or like one of, I mean, yeah, I mean, like just this dude, quick Google search. And I mean, that's, that's this guy. You can kind of see the resemblance to Jean-Claude Van Damme a little bit, right? Sure. Like the long hair Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. 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 No. Time cop era. Yeah. I mean, shit. Okay. Hulk Hogan, as we talked about 
and obviously Hulk's not in this match, but Hulk Hogan, as I mentioned last episode, was the first pro wrestler to be featured in Sports Illustrated. He was on the cover, which we, we talked about already. Rob Van Dam, however, was the first wrestler to be featured in High Times magazine. Ah. Uh, yeah. Big advocate uh, of it, marijuana. When was his when was his prime you were talking like ninety seven, ninety eight. Is that like his prime time? Like, yeah, I'd say his prime was probably late late nineties, early two thousands. That was his peak. Okay. Yeah. So he was cool before it was cool, right? Yeah, he was. He was with it. You know, he was. Uh, he moved out to California, but he's originally from Michigan, so he just kind of you know, oh, okay. was all about the lifestyle. So, like, if you looked him up as just a guy, would you like? Would this be part of his like profile? Like, he was an advocate for that sort of like. Yes. Like, I, I, I'm just curious, like... I think I think it's pretty well known that Rob Van Dam has always been that. Uh, there was a catchphrase of his, which we haven't talked about Steve Austin too much just yet, but uh, Steve Austin had a fra- famous thing that was Austin 316, and, like, a Bible verse. So Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And nice. RVD, Rob Van Dam... Uh, had um, RVD, but yeah, RVD 420 says, I just smoked your ass. Ah, nice. And like that was his one of his catchphrases okay. back then. Right. So everyone knew it. In fact, right now, I believe he actually has a line of CBD oil, uh, RVD CBD. That's hip right now, especially in the WWE community. Rob Gronkowski has a CBD thing too. Uh, that's true. Famous right. uh, pro wrestling champion Rob Gronkowski. Uh, apparently, I didn't know about the CBD thing, but he he has that wrestling connection. Yeah, yeah. We need to delve into more of what we talked about recently, but I, I want to get through this thing and then we can circle okay. back around. Yeah. Uh, so, first wrestler to be featured in High Times magazine had a little picture spread, and I'm sure there was an article there. Um, not only this is probably one of the most interesting things about RBD. Not only did he create his own weightlifting exercise called the Van Dam Lift. But he also has the record, the world record for the Van Dam lift of 166 pounds. And I can actually send you a quick video link. I thought it might be good if we, if I get your reaction watching the video of the Van Dam lift. Yeah. So the Van Dam lift, just so you know, are you familiar with an upright, an upright row? Do you know what that is? No. So an upright row is basically you've got the weight in front of you. So in this case, for a Van Dam lift, it's one dumbbell that you're holding with both hands. And you have it in front of you, and the goal is to basically like pull it up to like your chest. Full hand. So it's kind of like a shoulder, shoulder trap exercise, generally okay. speaking. So a Van Dam lift is different than a normal upright row because whereas with, with an upright row, you're typically going to be standing up and just kind of bringing it up with your shoulders. For a Van Dam lift... You are doing the splits across weight benches and then picking the weight off the ground and doing an upright row from there. And he has set the record for the Van Dam lift of, of 166 pounds. Would people like just do this? <laughs> I did find YouTube videos of, of other people doing it. And there's been a ha- apparently for years, nobody else could even do it. Uh, so, recently, some so- people have been able to do it for like 80 or 90 pounds. Like, you know, there's a lot, you know, you go to the gym and there's like a lot of restrictions on like, you know, this is not like proper form. That sounds like something that would not be proper form in the gym if you try to do. There's a gym that would kick you out for doing a Van Dam lift. Then that gym does not deserve the ground that it's been built upon. That is that would be bullshit, even though 
<laughs> it's completely irresponsible and probably a liability. <laughs> but it's okay. All right. I like. I like. Okay. I like the passion for it. Uh, Fuck LA Fitness if they try and get you out of there. And, yeah. and if they do kick you out, do not fucking wipe down those benches. Do not do it. Do Leave not. the groin the <laughs> sweat there for the next person to have to just soak in, and maybe they'll grow a backbone. Okay, I'm gonna send you the link right now. All right, let me know when you when you got it up and loaded. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, let me. Okay, do you just want me to watch it? Go ahead. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you want, like my opinion on it? <laughs> so I want whatever feedback you have on on it. Yeah. I just think it's one of those things that's like it's like high risk, low reward. Um. Uh. In my medical opinion, in, in the various studies yeah. of the human body that I've done, the Van Dam lift uh, is actually more effective than squats in the number of muscles that it affects. The Van Dam lift not only strengthens your your groin, but it also helps with uh, retention in the quad, your your back from having to, to lift the weight, your shoulders from having to upright row it up. It, it's the most effective in targeting a variety of muscle groups. I can't tell right now if that's total bullshit or that's fucking true. <laughs> like the way you said it, like I, it's the, it's, are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> I've, I've been working for the better part of the past three months to, to get myself into Van Dam lift shape. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going? Episode, episode 100. Eric does. Van Dam lift. Yeah. Um, okay. I, think that was the most dangerous fucking thing and it's just like all the parts that you don't want fucked with are getting and like he and honestly he lifted up like six inches like and then like oh shit like damn that was crazy like (laughs) he he got it to okay so he didn't quite get it as high as i think you ordinarily would want to for an upright row but he basically got it to being level with his his body with his groin so his, his hands were, like, basically right at his, like, uh, belly button area. Well, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I might have to watch it again. Thinking down a little bit, it seemed like there was some sink. In the yeah, because he had a 166-pound weight exactly, that he was... Exactly, exactly. Forward. But you can't just be like, yeah, he lifted it. That also affects how high he's lifting it, you know? You are trying to tear apart this man's accomplishment? That's a goddamn <laughs> world record you just saw. You're already throwing cheeks in the armor. I just, you know, I see people get like, I don't work out, just so everyone knows. I, I don't, I'm not a part of the community. I don't give a shit about working out. I'm certain I saw you on the bodybuilding.com's forum yeah, back in no, the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, world-class swimmer, all of that. No, I don't fucking care about working out. And it's, I get it for people who do, it's just not my thing, but um you, you, like even I, as someone who's on the community here, like like CrossFit, they're like that is the dumbest shit you could ever do. And then this guy goes and separates his fucking groin on two benches and like barely lifts the weight. Yeah. It looks like it's gonna pull his whole like body like down to the floor and split him in half. Like I just that's crazy. Even when complimenting the feet, you're still tearing. You're saying he barely lifted it, so you're you're yeah. being you're already. <laughs> Doubting his athletic credentials, and I don't I appreciate it. it well, you should post the video on this too to make sure that you know people see it. Yeah, maybe put a poll out there to see like impressive or. Fuck. <laughs> 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 
impressive or not impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so moving along from the Van Dam lift, so he trained to wrestle under a, a, a pretty famous wrestler called the Sheik. So the Sheik trained Rob Van Dam. Uh, the Sheik was famous for his violent and bloody matches in the greater Detroit area. Um, RVD also trained alongside the Sheik's nephew, who also got into the wrestling business. Uh, the Sheik's nephew would go on to become the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defying maniac known as Sabu. Is that who he's fighting? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, you can look up Sabu, though. It's, it, it is a good visual. Go ahead and look up Sabu. Is it just S A B U or is that Yes. Uh Sabu is absolutely somebody that we will be featuring on the program uh at some point. I guarantee it. That looks like that is one of the scariest looking guys I've seen. <laughs> That's like Shingo levels of scary. That is yeah. Okay, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, that'll be Oh. We'll just leave it at that. But uh so Sabu uh, who we will watch at some point. You know, he he kind of broke in with Rob Van Dam. They trained together. Uh, the character of Rob Van Dam. So we know that the guy's big into weed. Uh, he's very good at, at, at a very effective weightlifting techniques. But, but he's probably, as far as the character, uh, probably the cockiest guy in the world. So he's like very sure of himself. He knows how good he is, that sort of thing. Um, frequently... He adds flips and other flourishes to his moves, not because it adds to their effectiveness, but just to show how athletic he is. So he's like a show-off and a showboat in the ring. Uh, and he plays to the crowd a lot, just to kind of give you an idea of the flavor of this person. So the lead-up to this match, RVD had traditionally been a bad guy, so that, that's kind of what he had, had operated under in ECW to this point. Uh, in fact, that whole Mr. Monday Night thing that I referenced earlier, one of his nicknames, that name came from the fact that he was constantly stating that he was too good for ECW and he could better showcase himself with either WCW or WWF, who had Monday night shows. So hence, Mr. Monday Night. They didn't want him to be a part of the, the organization. You're talking about ECW fans, or who are you talking about? Well, you said he wanted to get into some of the other like organizations, right? Like, but He thought he was too good for what he was doing. He basically would say how, yes, he, like everyone in ECW was beneath him. He was better than all of them. He belonged to be in one of the big companies. Like that's what his character was at that time. Too good to be in ECW, like with all this low rent talent, I should be featured in a big company on Monday nights. So I'm Mr. Monday night, that sort of thing. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But in the months kind of leading to this match, the asshole cocky rvd he slowly become a good guy people start starting to appreciate his athleticism his work ethic and they get, began to sort of respect him so he slowly without changing his character much he slowly um became sort of a, a good guy at this point uh, along with his partner and rival sabu so they would frequently tag team up uh against folks so speaking of sabu uh, Sabu had a match scheduled against Bam Bam Bigelow the following month. So as we talked about before, our first ECW match with Bam Bam was in March. Now this match today is in April. And then in May, Sabu was actually going to fight Bam Bam for the ECW television title. And so the instruction that RVD got from his manager and Sabu's manager, Bill Alfonso, was you need to soften up Bigelow so that Sabu could take the title from him. So that's the backstory for this match. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm said, kind of, anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else around this match, RVD, Bam Bam, that you'd like clarified? No. Um, I'm uh, I'm ready to check it out. I, this was... All right. Uh, so with that said, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to give you our thoughts on Bam Bam versus Rob Van Dam for the ECW World Television title. I'll make sure to try and post a link to this if I can find the match somewhere, which I probably can. And we'll see you in just a little bit. Thanks. Bye. Rob Van Dam challenging the beast from the east. Bam Bam Bigelow for the ECW World Television title. Bill Alfonso has been very public that Rob Van Dam's task tonight here in Buffalo is to soften up Bam Bam Bigelow so that Sabu can defeat Bigelow for the world television title at the pay-per-view. Bam Bam Anything Van Dam would reach him. Celebrate, uh, have sexual intercourse with your spouses. Ryan Doyle Murphy has uh, broken his his losing streak. He was on a let's just double check a two match losing streak, and he is broke. He successfully predicted none other than Mister Monday Night Rob Van Dam beat Bam Bam Bigelow for the ECW Television Title. Any thoughts right off the bat? I don't think you call a two-match losing streak a losing streak. At least three matches before you call it a streak. I'm going to Google search streak, and I'm going to turn the image search off. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, definition. What the fuck? Man, that's, that's, a, that's a common... I didn't realize how many uses the word streak had. Uh, a continued period of specified success or luck. So I don't know. I guess it just comes down to your definition of continuous. Is too continuous. Like if you were to call like you know like football team literally lose two games in a row, you wouldn't call it necessarily like a losing streak. You'd you'd wait for like three to four games. Uh, but it is continuous. It's one leading to the other. So well, I understand technically that might be correct, but I'm just uh, nothing's ever good enough for you. So you did break whatever. Uh, continuous momentum of losing that you had for this episode. I think we can both agree on that fact. Uh, so Rob Van Dam, 
new ECW television champion. Uh, I guess before I get into my notes about the match, what did what did you think about our RVD? Did you like him? Did you were you impressed by him? Yeah, I, I thought um, like yeah, like interesting style. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I I I enjoyed. It was a good watch. I thought like the match itself was more interesting than any like particular wrestler in this one. I didn't find either of them really that interesting. <laughs> uh, not, a, I, not a big RVD fan then. Sounds like you did like well, him, but you were not. Good, he had a couple good moves, but nothing was like like really stood out in that match. I was like, holy shit! It was kind of it was pretty generic. And he, I did like you know that he went twice back out in the crowd, and then that he had that one final move that was nice touch, but you know. The idea that you could say, now, we're going to get into our, our notes. We'll talk about what happened in the match. Yeah. But just to clarify here, you're saying, and I know you sort of amended it a little bit, but you said nothing really stood out to you in this match. And yet, in the match, one of the men dove 15 feet past the guardrail into the fans, once just jumping, leaping, and then the second time, literally doing a flip in midair and you're saying, eh, nothing really stood out. Like that seems uh, like bullshit, Ryan. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, the match itself, like I think the environment of that match was way better than the actual match itself. Um, yeah. You're talking about the ambiance around it, the yeah. high school, the high school gym and the uh, throngs of the sweaty raw, people. Raw fans. That'll, that'll push this one up in the ranking. I really, I, I respect that, you know, people who are dedicated to their like craft, you know, but the match itself was, it was, it was fair. Okay. That's that. And that's fair that it was fair. So let's go ahead. We'll take a look at my notes. Uh, First note, which I did mention, right, right. When we started watching it, uh, the WWE network version of all the ECW stuff. So ECW used actual, music from like real bands for for their entrance uh songs whereas wwe has in-house composers that make their own songs i think that's part of what gave ecw its its identity was people mm. you know could hear a song on the radio and they'd also see it hear it on ecw which kind of made it like cooler more appealing to to hip teens like myself right well they were also competing in like high school gyms so right that too yeah. Uh, you'll be shocked to hear this, but ECW was not paying for music rights. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we're there. Pantera played uh, Rob Van Dam's entrance music, uh, Walk, which if you're not familiar with the song Walk, it's fucking cool. Uh, Bam Bam makes his entrance. He looks like a bad dude. I would not want to get in a fight with him. Uh, pretty quickly, RVD uh, gets knocked out to the floor, and then Bill Alfonso launched into his stream of gibberish, which I did make notes to specifically remind myself of what exactly he said. Yeah, and that was interesting. I I, 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 I like that uh, aspect of it. He was kind of like, why is this? <laughs> Van Dam's like a big name, and I've, 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 I've heard of him. Rob Van Dam? Yeah. You've heard of Rob Van Dam? Yes. So what I'm saying is, like, his manager was so, like, was such a weird character. Like, I would expect him to have more of, a, like, like, a higher, like, you know, like class a cool, of man. Like a cooler human being, not a man who's missing multiple teeth. Is that what you're not saying? That, yeah. Not that he didn't say great things, like, during... I'm just saying, like, it was... It, that was an interesting uh, 
you know, part of the match. Uh, yeah, the, the the in theory, the Rob Van Dam Bill Alfonso union should not have worked. Like they did not seem similar in any. Like Rob Van Dam looks like a cool dude. Yeah, uh, who you would like not mind grabbing a beer with or doing other stuff with or not like sexually necessarily, but you know, whatever, maybe if necessarily. you're both, sure. Yeah. If you both consent, <laughs> then why not? But, uh, Bill Alfonso doesn't look like that. We've got, I don't even know if you had to do like a, a caricature of a, of a, of a hillbilly, it would probably be Bill Alfonso. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I and, agree with that. And he's just blowing a whistle through at least sixty percent of the match. It was yeah, and it was like like certain points he was almost like the centerpiece of the match, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So and I I don't I have no issue with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I just it was just like an interesting like like again this guy who's pretty like out you know pretty popular guy like this guy is his manager that was you know yeah but he brought up some fair points you know flylight or uh, what is it like. More hops than Michael Jordan, more airtime than Jordan, or he got more hang time than Michael hang Jordan. Time, yeah, Daddy. and in fairness, that could very possibly be true with the way he hung up there, uh, yep. like like a flying squirrel. Like that guy just like extended his you know, <laughs> very impressive. Like I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely. I can appreciate that you are are finally starting to come around on just how impressive those those leaps truly were. Uh, even though you did still continue to shit on the Rob Van Dam lift. But anyway, one of the other things that uh, Bill Alfonso said, again, this is I just find them fucking hilarious because it's, again, a stream of total gibberish. Uh, he claimed that Rob Van Dam was, quote, like a clockwork, like a Rolex, like a Cadillac, daddy. <laughs> he is the Cadillac. He's got more hang time than Michael Jordan, daddy. He's doing his job like a clockwork, like a Rolex. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. And then later he transitioned into, he's a machine. He's not an animal. It was his delivery. I know I made it sound like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. <laughs> I'm not a human being. I'm an animal. Cold blooded. Like it basically, Bill Alfonso was channeling his own Danny DeVito. And uh, and stating how he's a machine and not an animal. I haven't really seen Danny DeVito outside of like It's Always Sunny, so I I don't know. Like this, he's a national treasure. He's going to be yes, in ten, yes. ten years. Whatever people say about Betty White now, they're going to be saying about Danny DeVito. I, Put I yes. bank on it. Bank I, on it. Yeah. Um, couple big, huge cross bodies, kicks, a lot of martial arts stuff from Rob Van Dam. Uh, they did some brawling outside of the ring. Uh, one of the moves that I, I know caught your eye, Rob Van Dam did a couple of uh, springboards off of the guardrail. So he would jump onto the guardrail, like facing the crowd, and then jump backwards and like do a kick or like flip onto the guy, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I think those moves could have been like impressive, maybe if like in a different scenario, but it, and maybe it was just like too, like you know, kind of like, like backyard, like wrestling. I don't know. Like I don't know what it, it didn't like. Just grab my attention. 
they were good moves. I I did like his moves. I respected the way that guy could like you know just kind of fling himself around. I didn't think he was agile. I thought Bam Bam was way more like get the fuck out of the way. I was pretty impressed by that. But like, uh, <laughs> so you're pretty impressed no. by the uh, by Bam Bam literally just ducking a couple times than you were. <laughs> like, I mean, this guy is so big. Like, and he's just like boom out of the way. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I think in a different like setting, these moves could have been a lot better, maybe. But in this, I don't know. It just didn't. It, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't grab my attention as much as it maybe it should have. I, I I feel a little bit bad because these are this is a raw match, like, and I, I don't respect that, you know. Yeah, you like them raw. You, I do. you like them nice and raw. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Raw Dog Murphy. I know I said we yeah. weren't going to give you any more nicknames, but, but... yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, it was it was a solid match. Uh, yeah, I, I I I can't. I, and we're I mean, not, not done talking about it, so I still got more notes. <laughs> so, uh, Rob Van Dam gets th- flung, thrown into the audience. So just like a sea of wooden chairs, and he just gets heaved uh, into them. Uh, and then at that point in time. Rob Van Dam then hits a hurricanrana into literally into just people. So uh, a hurricanrana is basically where you you leap onto someone's shoulders. So like whereas normally, let's say that you have a young child and you're carrying them around a theme park, they're going to be sitting on top of your shoulders, facing in the same direction you are. If you're going to hurricanrana somebody, you would jump but instead of jumping on their back you jump on their front and so your legs would be around uh the front of their head and so you're kind of facing opposite directions and then you just like flip yourself backwards to to take them over so rob van dam did that to bam bam bigelow and literally flung this 370 pound man into a group of paying customers so that was cool that's what they paid for they probably did. I'm sure yeah. that they really enjoyed getting a taint-first view of old Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Yeah. Then at that yeah. point in time, the couple of dives got hit. We already talked about the dives. Again, it was one dive, probably about 15 feet, just a straight-out leap. And then a uh, second dive was head-over-heels uh, front flip jump, which, fuck, that takes balls. If like if his foot had slipped on that top rope or just something like that, woo, that would have been bad news bears. Uh, a lot of whistling, I noted. Uh, there was that big guillotine leg drop. So when Bam Bam was trying to crawl back over the guardrail, uh, Rob Van Dam jumped out and like leg dropped him in the back. Uh, that was cool. Power yeah. bomb on the t- power bomb on the table. Table did not break. I'm sure Rob Van Dam wishes it would have. And then Bam Bam had the forethought. You know what? If the table didn't break when I threw this motherfucker through it, I will just elbow him through it. Yeah, and then again, he's just th- these they they're so fucking static after this stuff. They can't like move, and it's just the most frustrating thing to me about wrestling and all this journey of podcast has been the fact that they throw like a great move and they can finish this match right there, and they just fucking lay there like again. Be, uh, Van Dam Van Dam was up before. Bam Bam on this one, you know, like what the fuck? Like, how does that even work? Uh, I agree. Uh, that yes, that's a silly thing. I 
I have I there's nothing I can say to redeem the fact that after I, RVD got elbowed through a table that he was the right. first one up. And I'm That's, not saying in this match in particular, it's just that it's every fucking match. They and it's it's the most frustrating, especially when I want that guy to win. It's just <laughs> the most frustrating to watch them throw this great move. And it's exciting, gets the crowd into it, and then they just lay there. Like, oh, like I just got hit, you know? Like, come on. Get up, get your fucking feet on the ground and finish him, you know? They're exhausted. They're real tired and they, they can't they gotta Don't they gotta I'm just telling you that's mad drama, baby. That's mad drama. I understand mad drama now. I get it. I get the mad drama. Just give me a little like, oh boom, I fucking killed it and I'm gonna go finish it. That's I just wanna see a little bit of that. That's all I'm asking. Just a little all bit right. of that and I'll be Let's good. Get some fighting spirit, boys. Let's okay. Some, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Uh, steel chair, the first. Uh, that I don't know that that was actually the first steel chair that you I don't made, think it but, was, but it, yeah. You, and you and you were saying that this like this would immediately get you disqualified out of it, like a normal like you know WWE match or right. Uh, but this yeah. is what I think of when I think of wrestling: is a chair right over the back or right over the head, you know, like that. But all these chair, these were all weak chair like throws. These were not good at all. I think that tainted the match a little bit. These were not quality chair hits. <laughs> That's probably what ruined the whole match for you, yes. is the fact that it wasn't a quality yeah. chair hit. Not, not, not great. So, um, Steel chair. Yeah, in fact, they both hit each other with steel chairs. They so, did. like, Bigelow, yeah. Bigelow came up bleeding. I thought that the Bigelow chair shot on Rob Van Dam was uh, a pretty good one, but uh, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, another power bomb by Bigelow. I remember Rob Van Dam jumped off the top rope, and then Bigelow caught him and slammed him right down. Um, and then at this point, finishing sequence in the match, Bigelow uh, runs towards Rob Van Dam to like splash him or you know avalanche him or whatever. And then Rob Van Dam gets a chair from his manager Bill Alfonso, who's paying a lot of dividends in this one. Uh, puts up the steel chair. Bigelow runs into the chair. And then right around them is when the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defying maniac known as Sabu runs in and causes all sorts of chaos. He did. You seemed excited well, when Sabu showed up. I'm excited about I, – I, I do want to see a match uh, with Sabu. I, that is something I'm excited for. And you know what? I like the fact that you just you just throw that guy out there. That's fine. Fuck yeah. Like I – it's – it's <laughs> oh, shit. What a turn, you know? Like I like that. But um, – I, you know, not necessarily a quality win. Uh, I mean, it's not you know the the clean win that that you that you want in a real sporting contest. But uh, just to summarize Sabu's involvement, so Bigelow had Rob Van Dam up, who's going to hit him with his finishing move. But R- R- Sabu literally threw a chair that bounced yeah. off of Bam Bam's head, and then um, Sabu then jumps off of Rob Van Dam, who's like, so Rob Van Dam's on all fours. Uh, Sabu runs, jumps off of Rob Van Dam into Bam Bam, who's in one of the the corners. Bam Bam catches him and throws Sabu at Rob Van Dam. Yes, Which Each time I see a man throw a man at a man, I'm fucking into it. You know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, It was a power move for sure. Uh, I, I mean, it didn't, I don't think it was effective, obviously, but, you know, power move. Well, sure, you know, but he, he didn't know. He was only doing his best to, to retain his title. I agree. Uh, I th- yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he thought maybe he thought I was going to get him the win, but uh, so Bigelow then, after throwing Sabu, picks up Sabu to, to hit him with a big power bomb. Sabu pulls a spike from his boot and begins stabbing Bigelow in the face with the spike. Uh, understandably, Bam Bam Bigelow is like, "What the fuck?" Drops Sabu, begins holding his face, uh, and then Rob Van Dam picks up the steel chair that was thrown at Bigelow earlier. Uh, throws it at Bigelow. Bigelow catches it, and then Rob Van Dam kicks the chair into Bigelow's face, Van, which is known as the Van Daminator, pins Bigelow, one, two, three. We've got a new television champion. Yeah, um, I think uh, Bam Bam was caught a little off guard, honestly, in this one. That's that's tough to, to recover from. Um, so respect to him and his family. You know, <laughs> The but, whole Bigelow family. Uh, I missed the spiking. I I, I did miss that. Um, I'm happy to be a winner in this fucking match for sure. I deserve it. But um, you know, I felt like yes, certainly caught off guard. And then you know, trying to take the belt back from Van Dam at the end too, like Abu trying to take the belt. Yes, that was kind of a weird, weird thing. I mean, I mean, Van Damme saw the fighting, and then he just got hopped in the last second. Kind of got his ass kicked, and then trying to take his belt, you know. Uh, well, yet the again, as we talked about before the break, uh, Rob Van Dam was sent in to soften up Bigelow. Uh, even though it was a championship match, he was just meant to to beat up Bam Bam so that Sabu could then win that title. So Sabu was understandably frustrated. Um, he he wanted the title for himself, and uh, so that you saw you saw that play out. Wait, he was supposed to like come in and like take the title for that match? No. So this match happened in April, and yeah. then Sabu had a match that was planned for May against Bam Bam for the television sure. title. Yeah, he was pissed that Van Dam beat Bam Bam for the television title before Sabu did. They're partners, they're friends, yeah, but they're all. <laughs> Yeah, Sabu just wanted Bam, Rob Van Dam to like beat Bigelow till he's like that beat, but then Rob Van Dam pinned him for the title. And Sabu was like, "What the fuck? Well, now I can't win the title. Fuck you, dude." That was the idea. Ah, uh, a little drama going on there. A little bit of mat drama. I love so a little mat drama. Yeah, we got fourteenth match to add to our list. Let me uh, hold this fucking thing up. Let's see if I can sort this out. <sighs> I feel like okay, so this is gonna be tough. Like, I'm I, I don't um, have a really good way to gauge this one. I I just want this to go like dead center. This is what like a wrestling match is to me, but it wasn't okay. a great match. Okay, like, I like maybe like put this number seven now. Okay, so just to let the folks who may not be in front of any sort of list, which I, I will be posting with each episode, just so everybody is aware. Uh, so the new number seven. So you're saying that this would potentially fall underneath uh, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey and above Hulk Hogan oh, versus oh, Macho oh. Man. Um, uh, let me try to... This is tough. I, 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 uh, so the Rousey match was one that like she was there and then she got beat and she didn't think like a fans turned against her and no. Right, so so Ronda Rousey, like it was kind of like a weird tone. Like it didn't feel like a wrestling match necessarily. It felt like a fight. It wasn't um, a bad match, but like yeah, no, it was, wasn't it a was, bad match. And then the ending kind of came out of nowhere. Charlotte kendo sticked 
uh, Ronda Rousey. Like, you really, really seem to be into the end bit. Yeah. Uh, less in, like, as the match went on, you seem to be more into it. But, yeah, you really liked the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, so, that's, yeah, it's an interesting place for them. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick. The, hmm. I think where I put it is fair, like number seven. Yeah, so didn't enjoy it as much as Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey, but more than Hulk versus Mock. It was just it was kind of generic. It was kind of a generic match. And I and I I wouldn't put it it wasn't a bad match. It was just like I thought like for being just in this like crowd of people who fucking like love wrestling, it would be better. Like I am not going to sway your opinion. I'm writing this down. This is canon, this is official. But yeah. just for the record, I'm saying this so I do not lose any credibility with any wrestling fan people <laughs> who may be listening to this. You calling Rob Van Dam versus Bam Bam Bigelow a fucking generic match? You're fucking nuts. But I'm writing this down. <laughs> where, where would you put this on this list? Like, um... uh, let's. Uh, I mean, my, my list wouldn't necessarily look the same as yours. So, like, I would have to reorganize way more than just this. But if you ask me, let's say, Ryan Murphy, that you drove up in the pickup truck that you no longer own, you were blaring some sort of Toby Keith or other terrible country. Yes, yeah. (laughs) And you pointed a shotgun at my face and you said, Eric, here's the definitive list of the top 13 wrestling matches of all time. Where would you put RVD versus Bam Bam Bigelow? Um... I I would probably put it at four. I would probably put it beneath Taz versus Bam Bam, but above Andy Kaufman and and uh, Jimmy Hart versus Jerry Lawler. Okay, yeah, I I see that they are definitely different lists, and I respect that. But I do <laughs> not think that this like I I hold true to my opinion on this one. I I uh, I. Wrestling fans may disagree. I don't think this was a great match, my opinion, as a, you know. It wasn't a, but it, it was not, it was not a bad match. Also, I, like I said, I really like the, 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 the setting of this. Knock it off with the Ultimate Warrior answers. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, if I, if I think a match is shitty, I'll fucking drop that down to 13, 14, no problem. I don't get, I don't care. This was not a bad match. It just, like, didn't stick out to me. I'm going right in the middle Number seven. That's uh, yeah. That's um. Finally, it gets propped up later by more shitty matches, and maybe it gets better. You know, who the fuck knows? Run thirty. Like this could be a high on the list. Know that it's not going to be above seven ever, but but it it, you never know. You never know. Percentage wise, maybe it's better. Exactly. Um, Maybe to watch fifty or so, you'd be like, you know what? Let's rewatch Rob Van Dam versus Bam Bam. Maybe it'll totally change my opinion. And now that I have a clearer understanding of what pro wrestling is, I'll feel differently. I would like to at least like grace on the topic of like Gronkowski because I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's topical. I'm just like I would like to. I mean, I I watched a little WWE on on ESPN and like you know because there's no sports right now. So uh, just to, to backtrack, just a pa- quick pause on that story. You're talking about when they aired the old WrestleMania shows recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But that said, didn't he win like a belt, like Gronkowski? I don't know how you feel about that. But like I, like I said, I would just like to graze on the top. I don't know a lot about it. Um, but I, like I said, it's topical. Like he's going back to the NFL. He's playing with Tom Brady again in Tampa Bay. Fucking crazy. Right. 
So I would uh, like to hear about his because he's a CBD guy too. You know, he can do the whole thing. He's got the works, man. Like, yeah, got everything you could ever want. So what what is it that you're asking me specifically about his involvement in pro wrestling? Just like, just like, graze the story. Like, give me, give me the storyline on it. It might not be interesting. It might be fucking stupid, but like, it just, you know, like. Uh, okay, so yeah, so here, here's the short version. So WrestleMania this past year, 2020, which was WrestleMania 30. How old supposed am I? Supposed to be in Tampa Bay, right? Yes, it's supposed to be. Yeah, WrestleMania 36, supposed to originally going to be take place in uh, Tampa Bay. It was scheduled for early April, but we all know what happened in fucking March of 2020. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it was it was canceled. Uh, did not take place there. However, um, the WWE would somewhat famously, and this would be a fucking topic for a whole nother podcast. Oh. Uh, somewhat famously, has continued running shows with fans. No, okay, no fans. Uh, but but still running shows. Lately, they've started incorporating like other wrestlers to be in this crowd to kind of take the place of fans. Um, but that's that's more of a recent development for them. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they moved WrestleMania from being in the big football stadium in Tampa to their performance center, which is like where they do when they hire on new wrestlers. That's where they go to train and, and learn and, and stuff like that for a while. Um, so that's where they ran WrestleMania out of. So that's just a little bit of backstory about it. Uh, but Gronkowski was brought in to be the host of WrestleMania. Oh. So he so he was going to do. The host really doesn't do fucking very much. The host thing just started recently in the past, like maybe five years or so. Um, but but yeah, there's not always a host of WrestleMania. When there is, they're in maybe like two or three segments introducing like Hulk Hogan or another legend, and then that's about it. It's just for publicity, basically. But um, when Gronk was first announced that he was the host of WrestleMania, he came out and he did... You have to remember, especially in the early part of the whole COVID nineteen situation, people the were in COVID-19, sort of nineteen. Did you say that? No, COVID, not <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> the original Hulk Hogan nineteen okay. debacle. All right, yeah. I'll just keep saying coronavirus. <laughs> so, did you take an RVD CBD? Is that what's happening here? So no, so Gronk was brought in, and like this was the—I think this may have been the the first, if not the first, and within the first two or three shows that they ran after like no one was allowed to be there live. So it was kind of like a weird spot. Like nobody really knew like are things going to be okay after all this happens. And so when they announced Gronk again, beginning mid uh, of March. He's like dancing to the ring and just like doing gronk jackass yeah, shit, yeah. which in front of a arena full of people, fuck it. Yeah, I get it. But it just felt very tone deaf given the circumstances of like that particular show. If that happened now, you know, a couple months later, I don't even think it would be a big deal now. But just in that specific moment, it's just like, eh, this feels weird. But anyway... So WrestleMania happens, he's on the he's the host, he's just doing a couple segments, and then they have a championship title in WWE called the 24-7 title. It's complete comedy. It is not taken seriously. It's it's just there for a comedic interlude, which wrestling comedy is the worst fucking comedy in the world for anyone who wasn't already aware of that. Um, it's like a part of it every year. They do this kind of like 
like this segment of WrestleMania? Or is they always like- have comedy. They always try, try their best to have like a funny little interlude. So this this twenty four seven title is only maybe like a year, year and a half old. So it hasn't been really been around all that long. You know, it's not while you know Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were fighting for the WWF title. It's not like they had Coco Beware yeah. trying to catch his bird backstage or anything like that. Like this is a this is a new thing, but uh, it's not taken seriously at all. They had ba- the the premise of the twenty four seven title is it can be defended anywhere, anytime, in any place. So the twenty four seven champion showed up, said, hey, I'm looking for a place to hide so that people don't take my 24-7 title. Uh, Gronkowski's friend knocked the guy out, and then Gronkowski pushed him off and, like, pinned him and won the title. It was just it was just a stupid segment. It wasn't a That's, match. Okay, okay. That that makes That is very clarifying to what happened, because I didn't look into this much at all, and, like, it just sounded like he won the fucking WWE title, and it was just so ridiculous. Like, what was... Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So, yes, that's probably all we need to cover on it. Okay. <laughs> don't, do, yeah. don't do a thing on that. <laughs> the most physicality that he he was involved in, he was up on this little platform for the hosting that was, like, above the ring or whatever. He leapt off of this platform and jumped and landed on top of, like, ten guys waiting to catch him. Uh, that's, good. That, that, that's good. Okay, gotcha. So... Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be watching the Gronk match. We may watch the Dennis Rodman match, but we're yeah. not going to be no, watching. No, 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 that, that makes sense. Okay, good, good. That clarifies it. Um, I thought he won something, and I thought he got it. Not that I really thought he got in. It was just like, fuck, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, things are crazy right now. Maybe he won some, like, ridiculous, like... Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. Cool. Nothing. Nothing super impressive. Wasn't really that was a pretty. That was a pretty thorough analysis of actually what happened, though. Like <laughs> for something so stupid, like that was pretty like thorough. Like, yeah. Okay. We, we're a show of details. People are, yeah. are relying on us for truth and information in these hard times. So here we are delivering the hard facts about Rob Gronkowski and the WWE. Good deal. Uh, so with all that said, I think it's time to wrap things up. We know how we finish up every single show. It's with Eric's Wisdom Tree, where I impart knowledge to the people. Uh, I don't have to explain myself or justify myself in any way. Uh, And it's great. And so let's go ahead. We'll just uh, delve right into it. So this week's, this episode, this episode's Wisdom Tree. Uh, If you're microwaving a bread product of any kind or something that heavily includes bread, like even pizza, for example, if you're microwaving that, put a little shot glass in there filled with water and then your bread won't dry out as much as, as you're accustomed everyone, to. Everyone, everyone knows that already. You say that, but we don't, we don't know that. I, I bet like, I like guarantee no. somebody heard that. It was not aware. Go back, back. Your, go back to your tattoos on certain places and like criticism. Go back to the old school stuff, Eric. Don't give me this bullshit fucking shot glass in the microwave. Everyone knows that. No, they don't. I guarantee they don't all know that. I guarantee. Tweet yes. us at Hardmark Podcast on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. If this was not something that you were already aware of, if I just told you that level of detail around the shot glass filled with water, if you're microwaving a bread product, let us know if this is the hard-hitting content that you want more of on this program. Somebody got something good out of that. Somebody didn't know that. You didn't know about 
Speechway cookies it, last it, episode. It doesn't even work that well. It doesn't even work that you just, you and, and like you don't even you need a stale piece of bread to even try it. No, you don't. It works yeah, in all. Um, cases. Yeah. Quick, uh, this fucking episode's going on forever. They're all going on forever now. But quick aside, my yeah. wife, it, pizza's never good enough for her. Even though pizza's the dominant food at pizza food at pizza. God, uh, even though. Pizza, <laughs> Yeah, is dominant food at pizza establishments. She always insists on like garlic bread, not cheesy bread, mind you, but garlic, like the gar- yeah, garlic put bread. Put on your wife. Garlic bread's great, but not if you have pizza. Garlic bread with pizza is just cheeseless, sauceless bread. It's just not the same thing. I enjoy a good piece of garlic bread when I'm having spaghetti or lasagna or something like that, but not with pizza. It's just a lesser than version of it. You is don't what like I'm saying. With pizza? Or you don't no. like it alone? I don't want a, a bread product to complement my bread product. Pizza or garlic bread, not both. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Heather's right on this one. I'm trying to watch my carb intake and I don't need my garlic the don't bread. Eat, the don't eat pizza. She always insists that with our pizza that we get a side of, like, garlic bread. And I don't know what point I was making anymore. But, okay, I do remember now. Now I just dragged my own memory. If if you're microwaving garlic bread specifically, like, maybe you have leftover garlic bread because your wife insists that you order garlic bread with your pizza, mm-hmm. then you need – it's a necessity. A garlic bread knot, anything like that, it's a necessity to not just have, like, weird – clammy bread clammy like your hands ryan so are you okay um are you saying that it has to be done with a shot of water or are you saying you shouldn't eat it with pizza well the the again i don't have to explain my my wisdom for the record i never never once have i felt compelled to do this you just continually needle me about my fucking wisdom (laughs) But the the the, tr- the main thing, if anyone takes one thing away from this podcast, first I hope is that Rob Van Dam's weightlift was <laughs> legitimate. He, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. just a little bit off the ground. It's 166 pounds. But the second thing, if you're going to take two things, is that if you're microwaving any sort of bread product, just put a shot glass of water in there with it. So that's the main thing. But as a quick aside, you don't need garlic bread. With pizza, it's unnecessary. It's just a lesser than pizza. All right, I'm going to let you have this one, but I, I'm going to starve you out. You'll not your, eat your your shot glass with bread is fine. That's fair. It's an easy tip that everybody knows. But the thing is, garlic bread. No, garlic bread does go with pizza, and it's if you have it in the fridge and you need to warm it up with a shot glass of water like you should you should have it with pizza if it's available you don't have to go out of your way necessarily but you should absolutely have it if it's available yeah garlic like, bread is the shit it will go with anything pizza chicken pasta whatever like you're just saying that because because pizza gives you poo poo problems so the garlic bread is the best closest possible <laughs> thing that you can have it doesn't make you boom boom in your pants oh <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast. All right, all right. I think we've, we've, I've never seen you do that before. He did like a wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man 
motion and not really intending to. No, I intended it, Eric. All right, maybe we'll maybe we'll settle back on this on this debate again. Uh, but I, you're incorrect on several fronts here. Well, um, I'm to bed, so we're not going to talk about it ever again. Else, you want to mention on the 14th monumental episode, we talked about apartment wrestling. We talked about cool weightlifting, effective weightlifting, and how garlic bread is unnecessary pizza. Anything else that you feel the need to address, Ryan? No, but I have some notes for the next podcast. Just a couple quick things, so we'll 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 uh, we'll handle it there. Uh, oh shit! Okay, next uh, episode. You remember our friend Jerry Lawler from Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's going to be another Jerry Lawler match uh, against potentially, arguably. I think I go back and forth on this a lot of different days, but. I th- I would accept this answer for being the greatest professional wrestler of all time, uh, Terry Funk. So Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk in an I Quit match, where the loser has to say the words I Quit. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So look forward to that in another two weeks. If you're not hard, eh, get hard, and once you get hard. Stay hard. Nice. Bye, everybody. I believe in, like, the existence of, like, weird shit. <laughs>